Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. Again, you know who I am. I'm the host, Rashawn McDonald. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories. You hear me? I say that to you every week. I don't know if some people listen or not. You know, they want to read somebody. They want to be like somebody. Start writing your own. And always lead with your gifts. And don't let your friends, especially your age, family or coworkers, and I go back to your age, people hit 40, 50, start giving up. And they don't want to plan anything because people tell them they can't do anything. And they stop living their dreams. So these interviews I bring on the show that I provide to you, I have access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's time you start listening to information and tips from successful people. My next guest is a successful person who's made the transition, athlete to entrepreneur. You hear so many horror stories about athletes, not Lawrence Sidbury Jr., a former 2009 fourth-round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons. He graduated from Richmond University in Richmond, Virginia, and was part of that famed 2008 National Championship team. Lawrence is on, I think that team was undefeated too. Lawrence is on the show today to discuss the importance of preparing for life after the NFL. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Lawrence Sidbury Jr. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Now, now, now Lawrence, that team that you're on, the 2008 National Championship team, that team was undefeated, right? Uh, did they have any losses? Uh, not quite. We actually had a pretty trying season getting to the championship game. We mm-hmm. won a bunch of games in the beginning of the season, and we hit a rough patch, and we lost like three or four games in a row. We were kind of at a point where, you know, we actually called a players-only meeting, and we just we had to, you know, galvanize everybody, and we had to win Every game, you know, to the end of the season, pretty much every game was like a playoff game. And we just, you know, we pulled it out game after game after game, got into the playoffs and won each game. Finally, we won. Uh, we beat uh, Montana in, uh, in Chattanooga. That's where the championship game was at that point. Mm-hmm. And that brought the first first championship home in uh, school history. Right. Now, I hear that a lot in sports. The team only meeting, players only meeting. I'm assuming this is a players only meeting, right? What, Absolutely. Without, you know, giving away names, I'm asking for names. What is the purpose of a players-only meeting? And uh, and why, what, what was accomplished out of that players-only meeting that you guys did that led to the run for the national championship in 2008? You know, sometimes, you know, you get to a point where a coach's voice can go stale. They, they, they coaching that. They coaching you every day. They telling you what you're doing wrong every day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got a group of guys, at some point, everyone has to hold each other accountable. It's really to the point where the coaches don't even matter because we, we're truly playing for each other. Right. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't really, the, I'm not really the vocal leader. I'm kind of a lead by action type person, but I was mm-hmm. kind of vocal at that point. Plus, you know, I had some aspirations after the season, so I kind of needed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, need, I, I wanted to win, but I kind of needed to happen you know, to keep going so I could, you know, get more film out there for scouts to see. But, right, right. Uh, we, you know, we brought it together and. Uh, kind of looked at each other and man to man and we just, you know, we just banded together and decided, you know, we had a big admission and we wanted, you know, something we wanted to accomplish, man, and we got it done. So that's absolutely true because you know for a fact that winning the national championship 2008 versus not winning it is a difference between being a fourth round draft pick or maybe a seventh round draft pick or being an undrafted free agent, correct? 
especially especially at the level at which I played. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we played at the FCS level, which is back then was called the one double A level. So mm-hmm. we kind of we had to prove ourselves. You mm-hmm. know, there's a there's a question about level of competition. Can you right. play against guys from you know from the bigger schools? So you want to get as much film and as much tape out there as possible. Mm-hmm. And not only for myself, you know, us making that run, you know, gave other people on the team opportunities, you know, to get seen. And we had guys that signed as free agents uh, that played a few years in the league as well. So it just was a, it was big for everybody. Now that that's now I'm just talking about college. In 2008, winning the national championship is Richmond University. I'm talking Lawrence Sidbury Jr. Fourth round draft pick back then in 2009. So preparing for the draft, how did you prepare for the draft? And then when you got drafted. How did that change your life financially? Um, he got me going way back machine. So come on preparing now. For the, the, preparing for the draft was like it was a whirlwind for me because you know in college we actually played sixteen games mm-hmm. uh, with the regular season and the playoffs. Um, then it was I went I played in two All Star games. So I played in the Shrine game. And also played in the Senior Bowl. And I went I did all that and I went to New Jersey at Parisi Speed School uh, where I trained for the combine mm-hmm. and uh. I went to the combine. And I ran the fastest 40 out of all the defensive ends there. I really was kind of tired. My body never really got a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, this pro day workout was like what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So it's that whole gamut of things that had to be done before April. Then once you get drafted, you know, I got drafted in the fourth round. Uh, it was a considerable signing bonus. But then I see it you on know, TV. You wake, up, you wake up one day and right. you don't have any money. You wake up the next day, you do have some money. So it's, it does change. Now, Lawrence, so, so I, I, you know, you have the first round. So did you have an idea through your agent what round you may go? Uh, I thought that it was a chance that I would go in the second. Uh, okay. But we were predicting anywhere between kind of two to five, and I happened to be the Falcons in the fourth round, pick okay, 125. Cool. Okay, cool. So you sitting around, and, 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 and I'm just going through the emotion because what happens is people in life have so many emotions. They have certain dreams, and when they don't, like you said, you thinking about the second, but now second pass, third pass. Where were you at emotionally, and then the people around you, where were they at emotionally prior to the selection? Um, you know, I didn't really have too many people there. Mm-hmm. Actually, what I did the first day, because I thought it was a chance that I will go in the second round, I actually had coaches throughout my, you know, my life that was influential to me. Right. Uh, they sat with me the first day, knowing there might be a chance that my name get caught at, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that because of, out of appreciation, man, because I had a lot of people help me along the way. Right. And I didn't, I didn't know how to probably do that with my family, so I broke it up in two days. So they sat with me the first night. I was a little dejected at first. Then the mm-hmm. second day. Mm-hmm. Came. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have many people at the house. Um, and then once my name got called, people started coming over and the cookout started. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know, because yeah. this is going to air as we're leading up to the fame NFL draft. So right. I wanted to, I'm asking you some questions to understand that mindset. And so people right. can understand that mindset because, you know, they, they fly in the first round draft picks, you know, they get to walk on stage. But really the, 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 the workhorses of this league is the people who are not the first round draft picks, the undrafted draft picks. And so you drafted, you come on a team and Atlanta Falcons in the city of Atlanta, you still stay in the city of Atlanta, I'm assuming, correct? Right. Atlanta brought you in and you have not left. This is where you do your business. So what what were the positives other than just having a plan for the Atlanta Falcons? And what did they do to help you transition out of the NFL plan for the Atlanta Falcons? You know, I started 
working on my transition uh, while I was still active. So right. the uh, the Players Association, the league, they have you know they have a bunch of programs that guys can take advantage of in the off season. They have business management, entrepreneurship programs. Guys can go back and get their degrees. Right. Um, there's internships and externships that you can do. So I try to stay active um, as much as possible each off season. So even if I you know travel, worked out, have fun, always made sure I did something to enrich myself. So I I did two business management. Um, programs, one at Warden Business School at UPenn mm-hmm. and one at Kellogg Business School at, at Northwestern. I did wow. those. I did two uh, internships, um, one with Under Armour and one at Events DC in Washington, DC. And then uh, prior to the conclusion of my career, I actually started my MBA uh, while I was still playing at University of Indiana online and finished it as soon as I got done. So mm-hmm. I just did a pretty good job of taking advantage of the resources that were there so that my transition would be a little bit easier. So I wouldn't get to the end and be like, okay, I'm done. Now what do I do? Because there's always that startup period. Well, there's always that period. I'm sorry. We just have to kind of figure it out. So right. why not try to get it figured out a little bit early so you're not caught behind the eight ball once those checks stop? But so many get caught behind the eight ball. So many don't see the end coming. Is it? Is it? Is it just youth? Because you seem to have figured it out. You know, you played and you realize that, hey, there is a stopping point to this. Let me take this money and not spend it on everything or every good party or every good uh, car or every good house. You want those things. What was it, was it role models on the team or just, you know, your, your, your parenting background that allowed you to be able to uh, support these ideas and see things a lot clearer than the average person your age? Um, I, I, look, I think a combination of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I did have, you know, both my parents were there, uh, which is, you know, Today's world, unfortunately, not as common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did teach me a lot, kept me grounded. Uh, I did develop relationships within the locker room with, you know, guys, you know, that were a little bit smarter, you know, vets that, you know, mm-hmm. were kind of moving, you know, outside of football, but not not really doing too much. You don't want to be seen as someone who just not focus on your craft. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, there's, there's going to be an end. There's only one player that's playing well into his 40s right now, and that's Tom Brady. Everyone else is, you know, you're going to <laughs> you're going to retire. The game's going to be done with you before you're done with it. Right. Um, but there's also, to your point, there's a, the guys are getting a lot smarter. You know, you're seeing guys kind of walking away early. Yes. They don't want to. They don't want to damage their bodies as much. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy's taking advantage of some of these programs. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not as much. You know, as when they get done, but there are guys who focus on you know what's going on after because they understand the business. Like the right. business of the league is, right. they're telling you about it every day on TV. Guys right. losing their jobs because of contract situations, or right? Cap room, not necessarily because of their talent, because of the business. So you got to respect it as a business, and you got to handle your business. Right now, you you grew up your career grew up in the era of social media. Uh, you know, you know, I, I I know when I was managing Steve Harvey. Uh, Social media, we we had like a big old fan club about a million people. We didn't give a hoot about social media because we had fan club members. Now, you did. I'm sure you use social media as a player, and now you as a as a businessman. You're a businessman. How do you use social media to grow your business or promote your business? Um, I'm still uh, still trying to figure that out uh, mm-hmm. because I'm in the transportation transportation industry, mm-hmm. so there's really not much social media needed. And, I, and I'm saying that because I'm, I'm young in this game. I'm less than a year in. So I really haven't quite found out how I can really leverage uh, my social media page um, to my business, unless I move into the consultant area, which I am starting to do. 
Um, but I will say I didn't take advantage of social media as much as I should as a player because I've always been like a private person. I kind of didn't want to just do too much. But now that I'm done, I wish I would have done it a little, <laughs> little bit more while I was still playing. And bust that left with a million, left with a million. Yeah, huh? I, yeah I, I wish I would have used it. I wish I would have used a little bit more while I was playing to you know grow my following. But right. uh, but um. You know, let's talk about let's talk about this. But it's, it's not it's not hurting me. Uh, no, 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 my, no, perform, no. my performance, my performance of my company is kind of helping it grow. Yeah. Uh, but I wish I would have been a lot more active to grow that following while I was still playing. Now, now, first of all, this is not a negative conversation. But you know, all, all my life I dealt with talent like you. You know, marketing brand and 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 talk to them about who they are. Let's talk about you. Now, it's not about your business, Lawrence. It's about you. Okay. You know, the, that, that's what this conversation is about. This is about the money-making conversation, is that your social media posts really is translates into what you're doing with your foundation and with your businesses and the, the employees and how you're growing. And so that's the story that you want to tell on your social media. That's the story I want to hear about your success story, what you're doing and changing the community. That's what your point of view, because you are a brand. And so, absolutely, and that's what I did with Steve Harvey. You know, I I, I had the brand conversation because I used to work for IBM, so I knew about a corporate philosophy, and I felt that why can't an individual have that same standards? And so, and a lot of people throw the word brand out. I I know where it came from because I started using probably before anybody. So when I look right. at you, you say, "Well, Rashawn, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know about promoting my company. I'm not asking you to promote your company. I'm talking about you." And we talk about you, your company going to get promoted and all your brands and all your tentacles of success will get promoted. So as we go through this conversation today and you hang up, I want you to hang up and step off the call and go, you know what he's saying? He's saying it's all about me. It's not about my foundation over there. It's not about my my trucking business. It's about me. So if I focus is about me, then guess what? Everything makes sense. And that's what I'm asking you to do when it comes to your social media, because you could have left with social media followers from football, but guess what? That have been football social media followers. You are a businessman, and I'm asking you as a businessman to understand how much value you're bringing to the table as a brand. Does that make sense? Got it. Cool. Now, let's talk about these companies I've been talking about. Do we want to go to the foundation conversation first or the, or the trucking business first? Which one you want to do? Whichever one you want let's, to go. Let's, 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 go, let's, go, let's go to the... Uh... Foundation, that's actually the one I'm most proud of. That Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, Lawrence. I'm proud of everything you do. You made the transition. Because Can I get to talk to you a minute? See, you've done a lot of mature things in your life. And also, you understand how you got here. And so, you 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 self-educated yourself. You could have you could have just not self-educated yourself. But you say, hey, I want to take advantage of the values. And you've taken advantage of the coaching. You've taken advantage of the good parenting. And then you got over here and you took advantage of being drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. So you have a you have a DNA inside of you is that if you give you an, an option, you're going to use it to be a positive. And so that's a quality inside of you, man, that not many people have. And I just want to point that out to you. Now, let's talk about I appreciate the that, man. Now, I want you to hear that, man, because a lot of people I get to talk to a lot of people I get to. Uh, and I've had a lot of layers of success in my life. And I've been successful with a lot of different people, actors and entrepreneurs and business owners and corporate leaders and all that. The quality that stands out to you. And I was happy to get back on the go do another interview with you was to tell you that because you're a grinder and a grinder. And oftentimes doesn't appreciate what they are accomplishing. 
And so you say, I'm really proud of the foundation. No, brother, I'm proud of the foundation because you've taken time to give back. But also, you're employing people. You're paying taxes. You're being a functional person that this country often says about people of color don't do. So I'm proud of you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, let's talk about this foundation. <laughs> All right. Listen. How did it start and why? Yeah, man, it's actually the foundation is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. When I when I played, I battled with starting my own foundation or partnering with somebody. So when I was a player, I partnered with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But now that I'm, you know, I've done, um, I still had that urge just to want to just empower people to just know that, man, you really can do anything you set your mind to. There's, there's no limits, hence the name Zero Limitations Foundation. A lot of times, people may lack an example. They may not have to drive. And you might can say or show somebody that one thing that can spark them into greatness. All right. And uh, I, and, I, and that's really that's really what I believe. I tell my friends all the time. Sometimes they think I'm preaching that, but I really just truly believe you can do anything. You can do anything you set your mind to. Right. But some sometimes people just need. They may need that one thing, a little bit of help. Right. So, uh, you know, we 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 started with a, a food giveaway around the holiday time. Um, you know, because of COVID and people, you know, just you know, there's food insecurity. But as we move forward, now we're gonna be really working towards programming, uh, scholarships. Uh, mentorship programs and just and I'm really passionate about just developing people. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I just feel like everyone can do their best. There's a place for everybody in this world to be successful, contrary to popular belief. And with that being said, zero limitation. That's a powerful yes. term. How did you come up with that? You know, actually, I named it the Lawrence Seabury Jr. Foundation. He told me, man, you need you need something else, you know, something catchy. So and I, it took me a few days to uh, to come up with it. Right, and I, I'm, and at first I was thinking no limits. He's like, man, you can't use that. Master right. P might come after you. Oh, he so, will come after you. Yeah, Master P know, will come after you. He said, Master P might come after you. So, Zero Limitations Foundation. Once, once I said it the first time, that was it. And right. It, it, uh, that was it. That's how I came up with it. Okay, cool. Now that's awesome. Now, how does one become a part of it? Is it is it the age group that you're dealing with, or is it an annual event? Is it a summer event? What exactly comes out of the your foundation? So right now, we're going to keep everybody updated on programming. So right now, the first thing we have going on, we partner with a high school um, where we're going to actually be, I'm actually going to be giving scholarships to okay. uh, some of the students who perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have aspirations to go to college. And we're going to help, we're going to help quell some of their financial needs. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, one day, I want to get to the point where I can pay someone's entire scholarship. But we're not there yet. We're working there. But we're going to start with these scholarships first. And we're going to start uh, some mentoring programs uh, throughout the summer. So. Just keep um, you can you can visit us at zerolimitations.org mm-hmm. and uh, you can sign up and put your email in. You can also donate there, and we'll keep everybody abreast on the programming that we have coming up. Okay, uh, you're you're a planner and you're a goal setter. You will get there. I know that about you. Now you're playing football. You're tackling people. You got the you got that little spin that you came up with. Tell us about that that little that little spin that you came up with. Did you was it in you college or you developing it? In you want to know what? You want to uh, know what? I actually I have let's have a little football conversation. So like uh, my head coach at the time, Mike uh-huh. London, um, he's like, man, the scouts are looking. They know you fast. They know they know you. You trying to get around the head, but you need a counter move. So I'm like, damn, I'm sitting there thinking, what can I work on? <laughs> at the time. You know, one of two of my favorite rushers at the time. Actually, I got to play with one of them was Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. Everyone knows if you watch Indianapolis Colts, come on now, those those two guys had this. I I was in college at the time, so I was like, "Damn, maybe I can do that." Uh So one day of practice, I just I just tried and it worked. And after that, it just (laughs) that's that's the move I went to when I was in school. 
Well, you know, you know, so you make me sick, Lauren. You, you so what? you don't, you don't tell the truth about how talented you are. Well, you know, I was just in practice, and I just did the really, move. But that's really how it happened. Okay, like, okay, it but you were the fastest <laughs> defensive end in combine. Okay, you know, you, 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 you just can't do that. I'm telling you something. It's a whole lot of people wish they could just do a spin move and go to a quarterback or stop a running back. So you, we're going, we're going, we're going to have a relationship. Because what I'm going to get yeah. you to start doing, man, is it's all right <laughs> to be prime time. It's all right. You know, you know, you know, they, you know they say in church, favor ain't fair. So I guess I, I thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, so you got, you got the moves, you know, you're a man, you're a young man in uh, Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's a, a great capital, a city for uh, African-American men and women. When did you make the decision, man? Like you said, you thought the process. You knew you weren't going to play it. But the business that you're doing now, how did that come about? Actually, it, it started in COVID. Um, prior, you know, before I got out of the league, I was already starting to invest in some real estate. Actually, right. flipping some properties uh, back in Maryland, where, I, where I'm from. And, uh, you know, I had a deal go south. I was going to do my first project here in Southwest Atlanta. And, mm-hmm. you know, where everything shut shut down like you know about, a, about basically about a calendar year from from today mm-hmm. you know the real estate market is doing well now but everyone was not everyone was certain how things would go so a lot of banks were pulling funding and mm-hmm. the bank i was dealing with they pulled a funding they pulled the funding on a new construction project i had mm-hmm. so i will say i kind of had my back against the wall but i just knew that i had to do something essential that if something catastrophic was to happen again i'd be in an essential industry and i can continue to make money and you know, prior to that, I had spoken to a college teammate who had just jumped into the transportation industry maybe about a year ago. Right. And I just met, which is now a good friend of mine, uh, probably about a month before. And I took the information that they both gave me. I put it together, and I started Clipper Logistics. And man, it's been it's been probably the biggest blessing of my life. Like you said, I've been able to employ people. I just I just we grow to the point. I just hired an assistant. Um, I've been able to give black people jobs and. Man, I can't say enough, man. Just it's been the best thing that happened to me. And it's a scalable business. I'm still be able to provide opportunity. So it's just a win-win all the way around. Okay. I got again, Clipper Logistics. Where did that come from? Again, I always have trouble <laughs> coming up with names. I just I, I didn't want to use my name. It's like it's typical. And I kind of want to detach myself from the business a little bit. Uh-huh. But the Clippers, Clippers is actually my high school mascot. My okay. high school, we were the Oxen Hill Clippers. Okay. So I said Clipper Logistics, and it just it just went. So I went, I went with it. Okay. I cool. always fall. I always fall into the names of the. Uh, <laughs> it's never a plan. You know, just fall you know into you're about to get beat up by Master P. Okay. Then you went back Sorry. to your high school, got and stole the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. That's now, I mean. now, second generation. That's a, that's another one of your business, correct? Yeah, that's that's the uh, LLC I run. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my real estate projects too. That was pretty simple. Um, right. My parents, uh, you know, they, they probably the first people in our family to kind of start, uh, you know, owning properties. Right. And uh, I, I came after them, so second generation development. That one was pre- that one was pretty easy. I knew the name of that one before uh, before I got started. I, so it didn't take me long to figure that, that one. There's truly the name about you because you're second generation. Right, I love it. I love it, Lawrence. Man, you you I, 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 you're humble. You're absolutely correct about that. You're talented. You won't don't want to admit that. You're very smart. Somehow you don't want to admit that. And guess what? You're special, and somehow you don't want to admit that. But all those things I just said, man, makes you an incredible brand. And please, man, 
Start telling people about that, man, in your social media posts and let everybody understand how you're shining in this pandemic times. You're an African-American male that's uh, doing it and paying taxes out here, making a difference in this country, not only for your life, but people that you don't know. And I think that's the blessing that you are. I appreciate that. I really do. It's kind uh, words. Hey, brother. Right, hey, look here, man. I had to get back on with you, man, because, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing about you, Lawrence, is that, man, um, you know, when I meet people like you, man, I, I, it's a blessing to me to be able to have this conversation. But the gifts that I have that God gave me was to be able to motivate people, also tell the truth. And so when I talk to you about your gifts and talk to you about what you're doing, I'm just asking you to take one more step. And that next step is about you. And when you start telling your story, and that's what we're doing today. Like you say, hey, man, I'm going, I'm in the way back machine. You got me going way back to 2008. Yeah. Because, man, you have a career that's worth telling. You, you've transitioned into a, a, an academia person, an, athlete, an athlete. Now you're a businessman, you're a philanthropist. That's a lot of powerful titles. That's a lot of powerful titles that you own. Oh, I know. Sometimes... I really, and I got to be better at this. I get caught up in, like you said, the grind and trying to build some, you know, mm-hmm. to, you know, really to leave, you know, after I'm gone. Right. And sometimes I'm guilty of not cherishing the moment. Like I'm guilty. I know I've been told that. And I, I really, honestly, I was just sitting back a couple of days ago, really thinking, having this exact same conversation uh, with a friend of mine. And sometimes I just, I just, I get so caught up. I just don't, I got to do better. I, got, I really got to do better. I know. Thank that. you. Thank uh, you. Appreciate, I appreciate it for giving me the, uh, the, the push. The, the, the push, man. The push. You know, I always, let, 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 hey, hey, Lawrence, call me your life coach. I mean, look, you've had right. head coaches, assistant coaches. Rashawn McDonald's your life coach. So you ever, you, ever, right. you go, hey, man, I got to call my boy Rashawn and run this idea by him. And I'm going to tell you, go ahead and do it. Because anything you put your mind to, man, you're going to be successful at it. And that's the part of your genius. And I'm going to put the word genius on you because layers of success are not accidental in your life. And but, you know, you know, it's interesting how some people who have less will scream like they got more. Well, you have more and you don't say anything about how you're accomplishing it. And I want you to go to the front of the line with that story. Is that all right? We're going to get it done. We're going to wrap after we get finished. All right. Your life coach just spoke to you. Okay. All right. I want to thank you, Lauren, for coming on the show, man. Telling me about your life, talking about your your, your career, talking about being an athlete who made the transition from college to the NFL, to a businessman, to a philanthropy. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Cool. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.